Ladies and gentlemen, this is Chuck Carlson. I'm here with Tom Compton and Craig Hansen. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, Palestine and this is and what's happening to Palestine. And this is a time when everybody should be aware of this. There's been an announcement uh, broadly in the press, but uh, ignored by almost everyone, that says that the state of Israel is about to annex the property of Palestine. And annexation simply means, uh, to, in, the, in this case, simply means they're going in with guns. They're going to kill whoever they need to in order to uh, pacify the, the victims. And they're going to make control and they say they're going to simply take over the, the, the Palestinian division that's, of course, been recognized by all the countries all around the world, almost all the countries. So uh, tonight, uh, we, we wish we had... Uh, with us, um, Mr. Uh, uh, um, Ali Abunama, uh, and, uh, but we don't. And uh, so we're going to play a, a bit of his, uh, of his interview with a, a recent interview. And uh, we'll then have a discussion uh, of the situation in, in, with Israel and Palestine. We'll uh, talk a little bit about the relationship that if there is any, uh, to what's going on in our country where we have revolts and uh, uh, pickets and uh, even some uh, very illegal activity going on. So uh, we're going to relate these things a little bit. So Tom, uh, would you please run this? Uh All right. Well, first, Chuck, uh, I believe the gentleman's name is Ali, Ali Abu Nima. It, it's a tongue twister, but he's a Palestinian American. <laughs> he lives here in the U.S. He started the electronic Intifada. And uh, this is um, this little excerpt is an interview with a guy named Scott Horton. And it's about uh, Ali's uh, uh, article, a recent article in the uh, electronic Intifada that uh, is entitled Israeli lobby sees Black Lives Matter as major major strategic threat. So let me just um, play this. I think we have to be careful not to sort of think, well, oh yeah, cops are going and they're being taught how to arrest people or how to shoot people. It's really the the upper level and the management who are going to Israel and. I think it's creating a mindset in addition to, as I mentioned, a market, a very lucrative market for Israeli technologies. So it's really about a mindset. To answer that question of what is the impact of this, that's a good question. I don't think there has been enough research on that. There is a campaign that has been started uh, by Jewish Voice for Peace called Deadly Exchange. And they're talking about the the relationship between U.S. police forces and Israeli security forces as a deadly exchange. And their website is deadlyexchange.org. And they actually have a research report there that um, sort of outlines a lot of what we know about uh, what's going on. Cool. Uh, and, and this, by the way, doesn't just include local police forces. It includes ICE, Border Patrol, the FBI. Um, 
you know, and in fact, the federal government has been one of the biggest customer for, uh, you know, these kinds of Israeli surveillance and spying technologies, which you have to remember are all tested on Palestinians under military occupation. So the Palestinians are the guinea pigs right. under military occupation, robbed of any rights. And these Israeli technologies of control, of occupation, of oppression are tested and refined on Palestinians and then sold to the world as uh, Israeli prowess at great profit, by the way. So it's not just a question of what impact this is having in American cities or along the border, as important as that is. It's also a moral question of Israeli companies and their complicit American and other firms profiting from basically experimentation on a captive population. Right. So some of that has to do with actual weapons, like in the occasional attacks on Gaza, but then also there's the surveillance technologies that they use against Palestinians and that kind of thing. So to bring it back around, I'd like to give you a chance to really talk about how the Palestinians live under the Palestinian Authority and the Israeli occupation on the West Bank, and then also under Hamas and the siege in the Gaza Strip. Talk about some of those technologies and the experimentation on the Palestinians that you mean to you know, give people something to hang on to to back that up there. And then we can bring it back around to why it would be that civil rights activist types in America would start to see themselves in the Palestinians and would start to see why... Um, well, geez, if if uh, Black Lives Matter, maybe Palestinian ones do, too. And why that's such a uh, cause for alarm for the Israelis, because they sure can't fix the problem, you know. Right. Well, I mean, one very specific example, I'll give you a couple. Uh, one is an Israeli firm called AnyVision, which uh, received a huge um, investment from Microsoft, I think about 80 million dollars or so. Uh, and, and thankfully, Microsoft just announced that they were planning to divest from it for, following an activist campaign. Um, because what AnyVision was doing is they basically, uh, they have been supplying uh, biometric facial recognition technology to Israeli army checkpoints in the occupied West Bank. And also, it's been reported that they were basically using the Palestinian population without any consent, without any ability to opt out whatsoever. Pa remember, Palestinians are under military occupation. They have no rights whatsoever. Um, using the Palestinian population going through the checkpoints to refine and develop the face recognition technology. Mm. I mean, this is really sinister. It is absolutely disgusting. So disgusting that even Microsoft divested from it okay well that was uh, I think a pretty interesting clip there and and we had, we hold these truths have been working on this issue trying to educate our fellow Christians about uh, the situation of of uh, the people in Palestine particularly the Christian Palestinians many Americans don't even realize there are Christian Palestinians there uh, in Palestine I spent a month in 2017 um, in our Savior's birthplace in Bethlehem and got to see firsthand what is going on here. And as Chuck just pointed out, 
the um, process of annexation is starting to uh, looks like very be very imminent. Now they uh, the report I heard that they're only going to annex two areas, probably in the Jerusalem area. So they're going to probably roll this out <laughs> very slowly. But uh, what the bottom line is that the Palestinians are going to lose even more. Uh, of, of their rights, which little that little, little they have, because they are under a military occupation there. That's an Israeli military occupation, not yes. Israeli military. And yes. an annexation uh, normally indicates something where there's been a plebiscite or a vote of the people within the area, and that the government objects to may object to the annexation, but the neighbor takes over. Generally, it involves a friendly population that is glad to see the annexation. Uh, and we've had some cases of that. This is not the case at all in Israel-Palestine. The annexation simply means we're going to invade. Right. If you stand up to us, we're going to kill you. And then well, exactly what it means, the annexation means in this case. Well, it's been a de facto annexation, if you will, since 1967, the Six Day yeah. War because just after that, they started uh, stealing land from the Palestinians in the West Bank and building settlements. And there are now some 650 or thousand or more uh, illegal settlers uh, in the West Bank. And so this annexation is, they wanna make it legal. Uh, the, the, the people, the settlers that are in these um, settlements are, legal citizens of Israel, they enjoy all the rights, whereas, of course, the Palestinians have very few rights, and again, it's a military occupation. Craig, do you have anything to add or ask? Well, what I, what I noticed uh, in that presentation by our guest, he, he brought up the issue about Israelis uh, training our police. And in the tactics they use, our, our, our police think of us as a captive population. We have a, we have a problem. Uh, absolutely. And if we uh, manage to get uh, uh, this, this man on as a guest, we will hear a lot about that because mm -hmm. his, uh, in his programs and in his writings, uh, he says much about that. And we certainly do recommend that our listeners go to uh, into, and uh, the electronic intifada, intifada means, it doesn't mean revolution exactly, Tom corrects me, it, it, it basically means struggle. And uh, so electronic intifada has been around a while and is a very respected organization. Uh, the uh, situation uh, in, in Palestine raises a question here. The question has been raised uh, as a result of the chaos that has been put in the streets here, uh, there's a speculation that the Israeli government is concerned that the Palestinians are gaining sympathy from the revolutionaries in the United States. Uh, yeah. Gentlemen, what do you think about that? Do you think that uh, the Israeli government is afraid of the American revolutionaries or the American street people or the, or the black, uh, what is it called? Uh, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter movement. Um, well, definitely they are. And that was the point of his article that we should direct people in Ali Abu Nina's uh, article in Electronic Unifada that 
there there is alarm. Typically, uh, uh, Zionists are more of the liberal persuasion, and they have been sympathetic to some of these issues that are being raised. Uh, what we're seeing going on now, but uh, there is there's a pushback because they don't want the the two to be connected. And we saw a little bit of that uh, back in 2014 with the incidents in Ferguson. And there were Palestinian groups joining with those folks there. And so, yeah, uh, it's not been done on a big scale. So I would think you're seeing pushback, as he mentions, from several Jewish organizations, ADL, uh, Anti-Defamation League, APAC, the Zionist uh, Organization of America. And so, yeah, I think the Jewish Voices for Peace and other Jewish organizations that are uh, tend to be sympathetic with the Palestinian people. That is, I think, a pushback that's going to go further by far than what's happening uh, with uh, uh, America's uh, black population. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, the, the most important thing in our view, we hold these truths for you, uh, has been that our approach has been since we learned about this situation, uh, probably we learned it intimately uh, 19 years ago. Uh, and ever since we have been trying to convince the, uh, the uh, American Christian Zionist community, uh, which uh, essentially is referred to as dispensationalist or sometimes mis misstated as evangelical, uh, we've been trying to convince them that they need to support the Palestinian movement. They have been unwilling to do that because of religious, certain religious beliefs that we won't go into tonight. But our website is has uh, has tremendous data over a long, long period of time, going back 20 years, about Christian Zionism. And we and we suggest our listeners simply go to our website, look up the topic Christian Zionist, and read until you're numb. Uh, if you if you care to do that, uh, so the uh, the the new approach of uh, our our movement is going to be to go to uh, the mainline churches that are are not hung up on the belief that the state of Israel is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy and therefore it is uh, is is totally holy, and uh, that's that's going to be our our next effort is going to be focused upon. Uh, the mainline churches, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, the uh, Lutherans, and uh, so on. Uh, okay, Craig? Yeah, well, I'd like to ask Craig, I think we should wrap up here, that uh, he would offer a prayer, and uh, particularly for the, uh, the Palestinians, because Palestinian lives do matter, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I think we, we as followers of Jesus Christ, uh, uh, should see one and all as I, uh, I've always said that there's really God only created one race and that's the human race. Mm -hmm. and when we see differences between each other, then then the division starts. And so we need uh, a unification. And, and that's what uh, our Savior Jesus Christ did was to unify people uh, to, to the truth of what's going on. And so we've got all this disinformation and uh, hatefulness between groups. And I, I uh, again, our mission is, uh, is, uh, is one of peace. Blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. Craig? 
Yes, I, before we close in prayer, I'd, I'd like to read a passage of scripture that Jesus quoted when he started his ministry. And he goes into the, uh, the synagogue and he reads from Isaiah, or he, the scroll, and he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, and to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And Jesus closed the book and gave it back to the tenant and sat down. So let me let us pray. Father, we thank you that you have come to this earth to set the captives free, to bring relief, and to uh, uh, to help the poor, the needy. And Father, I pray that you would uh, break down the strongholds that are oppressing people all around this world, uh, everywhere, from from uh, Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, to Washington D.C., to all the all the capitals of the world. We thank you that we know you as our Lord and Savior and that you have come and to first of all set us free from the power of sin and death and that you're giving us the good news the gospel message to share with others we give you the praise in jesus name amen amen thank you good night